0: just need to clear my mind, just need a little more time, in with the new, out with the old, but so unsure what the future will be.
1: Good morning, Big Blue Nation. This is the Courtside Connect podcast, your go-to podcast for all things Kentucky basketball. I am your host matt sack today i am in a great mood because we just came off an amazing uh victory over the ohio bobcats today i am joined by a very special guest who's gonna walk through this past week in kentucky hoops trace would you like to introduce yourself
0: how's it going man uh trace Terrell with CatsCoverage.com, uh covering all things uk and yeah i'm excited i'm excited to jump back in after this win we got three wins under our belt a, a solid ohio team you know not a knockoff team but definitely Not a Final Four team, but a solid team to figure out some kinks. You know, on moments when Oscar Sheiwei gets in foul trouble, this is a good game to learn about yourself in moments that you can't really prepare for. So I'm excited to hop in.
1: Yeah. So, um, like Trey said, like this Ohio is definitely a respectable team. Not a Final Four team, but they should win their conference. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Um, they're definitely a quality team. The biggest thing I wanted to see, not necessarily was the opponent, but The fact that this was the first time all year where Cal always says, like we have uh, a get punched in the mouth moment, like get punched in the face. How do you respond? Um, The fact that we played a respectable tough tournament team in Ohio and the first 30 seconds of the game, Oscar, Sheboy picks up two fouls. We get a three that gets called back. They go up 11 to four. Um, Damian Collins picks up two fouls. We have our two only centers on our team. Because Toppin and Ware are out, um, we don't have anyone that could play center, and we have 18 minutes left in the half to cover two front court positions. So that was the biggest thing to me. What did you think about just facing adversity um, from the beginning, falling into a little bit of deficit, and picking up even a lead before going into halftime and getting that full strength back?
0: Yeah, I mean, so I think it was I think it was really good to happen this fast, um, this early on in the season. We got to see a lot of Bryce Hopkins with with Oscar Shibway out. Um, Damian Collins coming in and getting foul trouble almost immediately. I think within the first five minutes, they both had two fouls. So we got to see Bryce Hopkins come in and he, I think he finished with like seven points in 15 minutes of play um, in the post game press conference. Uh, Cal said we wouldn't have won this game without Bryce. Uh, I thought Bryce did really well. I mean, it, it was a good game for him to get in there, you know, without Toppin, without Lance. This is a game for Keon and Toppin. I mean, this is a game for Keon and Bryce to really, prove you know what they they can do without those guys without them without Oscar and uh topping when he gets back. And I thought Bryce Hopkins did well. I mean, and then it also goes to show how many guys, how many rebounds are left on the table when Oscar is out. I mean Ty Tai Washington, our point guard, had 11 rebounds. And uh I think Davion Mintz had about nine. Um Severe Wheeler had maybe five or six. So I mean there's a lot of rebounds left on the table when Oscar's out. And thankfully we didn't just let those fall out to uh, ohio thankfully our guys got in there and picked him up and just picked up right where he left off
1: yeah so the two big points he made the first one being bryce hopkins so the he did get seven points i think he grabbed seven boards as well uh only had one turnover so he didn't make like a bunch of freshman mistakes um the big thing with that is it really because as of now bryce hopkins is not a rotation player i think he'll eventually grow into that but there's other guys like Keon and Oscar, and maybe even Collins, definitely topping as of now, maybe even Lance Ware when they come healthy. But it's nice to know that if we are backs against the wall, Collins picks up three first half fouls, Oscar picks up two fouls in 30 seconds. It's nice to know that we can throw a freshman in there and he fights. Like he he might not put up a bunch of points. We did get seven out of him. He might not be an elite scorer but he's gonna go grab a rebounds. He's gonna defend well. He's not gonna be, make a lot of huge mistakes. And I think that's really good to know that a non-rotation guy as of now can be thrown in and immediately step up to the challenge. The uh, second point that you made, coming in the rebounding category. So Oscar Shibwe, who's been averaging, what has he been, like 18 and a, a third rebounds through the first couple, three games. Um, he doesn't play the entire first half except for the first 30 seconds. He ends up with 10, but we out rebounded Ohio 53 to 17 without the nation's leading rebounder playing for an entire half. So, like you said, there are a lot of rebounds on the table, but our guys still had to go get them. Like Ty, Ty Washington, um, Savier Wheeler, Davion Mint rebounding out of the backcourt, knowing that we're missing our center, knowing that we just don't have one man down there, to grab it all. It's more of a committee effort, and the whole committee did step up.
0: Yeah, I mean, credit to Oscar. He only played essentially the second half. He still finished 10 rebounds, like you said. Yeah. But the thing is that stuck out to me is when he was out 19 and a half minutes of the first half, we still out rebounded Ohio 25 to 12. Yep. So, I mean, it just there's two ways you can go about it. Like you can credit Oscar, which he deserves all the credit. He came in just, you know, 10, getting 10 is is like nothing for him when you're averaging 18 and a half a game. So credit to him, I mean, he got his, you know, he still had a solid game, half of what he's averaging, which is still, you know, amazing if you're still getting double figures. And that was in those, just the last half. And to see that our team in the first half could come in there, still out rebound uh, Ohio 25 to 12 in the first half, come just as much as anything.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And another another thing that I like to see is, I, I don't love to see us because Oscar Oscar did not score tonight. And again, he didn't play at all the first half, but you felt his impact out there. Can you just like talk a little bit more about like just Oscar's overall impact on the floor, even when he's not scoring? Because I think he's been our leading scorer up to this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, Oscar is just a bully. I mean, he's not seven foot, but he's still six nine, which is insanely tall. <laughs> I mean, and he weighs... 200 and a half, 250 plus pounds. I'm not sure his exact weight, but he can get down there and push anybody around. I mean, there's a lot of taller guys in the league, especially when we play Duke. All those guys are taller than him, but not very many of them are as big as him. And he, so if you're going to take two or three inches off his height, I think his weight will even it out a little bit. And he can, I mean, he just, his strength, I mean, it's hard to compete with that. I mean, I... I I don't know what many names off the top of my head that in the league in the whole across the college basketball can push him around. So, I mean, he's going to get his, like, it's nothing. I mean, no matter who we play, it's a, it's a lock. I mean, 10 rebounds is nothing for him, for anybody else. That's a solid game, you know, and getting If you're averaging 18 and a half a game, you're, you, you're a force to be reckoned with. I mean, his size is just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. So stick, sticking on the topic of Oscar, we, um, I, the last podcast came after the Robert Morris game, I believe. So we, we missed over the Mount St. Mary's game. So if we, go, we go back one more game. Um, that was the game Oscar Shiboy had 24 points. He shot 11 of 14 from the field. He still had his 16 rebounds. I think he had three blocks as well um, and 33 minutes of play. So looking back at the 24 points and how we got him, I mean, it seemed like he was expanding his range. He was throwing in some post moves. Um, what what did you think about just the overall development from his game? Not just from like the first few games, but like from last year where he was like a or his freshman year where he's basically a dunk-only guy, and now he's adding elements to his game.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, what we've seen in the St. Mary's game, he came in and he was hitting the free throw range jump shots like it was nothing. I mean, I think he started off maybe 10 or 10 for 12. I'm not sure what he finished at, but he started off hot and just couldn't miss. And he actually came out in the press conference after that. He said that. I think it was Tata Ty- Washington that said it. He said Cal's been making them run when Ty- when Oscar is not shooting in practice. That Oscar has this deadly jump shot, and he better be using it in the game. And I think I overlooked that. I don't think I realized he had that good of a shot. You know, it's all about rebounds and blocking people out and getting boards. And I think the his his aspect of his game of shooting is underrated. I I definitely overlooked it myself. And he came out and sent a message to everybody that he can shoot uh, against St. Mary's, and we didn't get to see a whole lot of that tonight. But he was off the chain during against St. Mary's. I mean, like you said, he finished with how many points? Ten? I think he was in double figures. I uh, mean, he's got a jump shot. If he can just add that, if he can continue to show that he has a jump shot alongside 20 rebounds a game, two or three blocks here and there. I mean, how do you not work yourself into a draft pick? Like I don't know how high his ceiling is, but with his size, consistent boards, and a jump shot, I mean, he will make money overseas somewhere. If he doesn't make it in the NBA he will be playing basketball as a professional career without a doubt if he can keep up what he's doing now.
1: Absolutely and I hope the NIL works out where he's able to make money here because he's also probably like one of the most likable guys we've had on our team since I don't even know when maybe Tyler Uless but
0: he's missing out on a lot of money right now.
1: I, I hope I hope we find a way to get it to him I mean if he figures it out by next year and returns I know you said like maybe a late round draft pick or maybe like a summer league deal overseas. Like there'll be something there, like just his style of play. It's not really meant for the NBA, I guess right now. But I mean, I think if he can figure out NIL, he would make more than pretty much everyone other than like a lottery pick, like a top 14 draft pick just in terms of pure income that he's bringing just from all the deals that he would have here in Lexington.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, even if you're talking about off the court, his personality is just—he's about as nice as they come. I mean, he's open. He's—he'll talk to anybody like he like they're his best friend. I mean, his personality can earn him—you know—all the fans will be on his side. Then you add in you're averaging 20, almost 20 boards a game, 15 points, 15 points a game. I mean, his on play performance is gonna lock up these nils. But like, you get two for one. I mean, his off the court presence is as best as they come I mean he's he, he's a charm for media any interview any camera he gets Absolutely. behind him, things just take off for him and yeah I mean that's that's a shame that they have that for foreign exchange players that they can't get the NIL and all the rules there's it makes no sense why they have that but yeah I mean if he found a way to have him here next year I'm not sure if, how realistic that is but if it is oh my gosh that surely Cal is going to be pushing for that this summer because Oscar can make a lot of money here I mean probably more money you'd make overseas i mean it would take a couple years to probably make how much he would make here um absolutely. So that, that has to get done man if especially if he's going to be here another year that has to get done for oscar i mean he deserves it
1: i absolutely agree i mean if he made like i'm not a machine i am oscar shirts they would yeah. literally it doesn't matter how many you had they would sell out within like the night they would sell out within a couple hours
0: just like tonight after uh after the game they asked uh tata washington about his 11 <laughs> rebounds and he said he said, uh, I'm not a – he said the same thing that Oscar said. He said, I'm not a machine, I'm Tai ty And, you know, I was just joking with him. That just took off. I mean, you know, they can make a running joke with it and everybody thinks that's hilarious. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of marketing deals, especially with Oscar. I mean, he's just – he's so friendly and he keeps using that quote. He keeps beating it to the ground that he's not a machine. The Coach K quote, I'm not a machine, I'm Oscar. And, like, people seem to love that. Then The Big Blue Nation seems to love that. There's no reason why he can't have shirts right now with that selling, with that – his face on there and that quote I mean he could just off of that right there he could make some good change with that
1: so uh, going to do a different transfer that a lot of big blue nation has fallen in love with just by their style of play the way they carry themselves off the court um Xavier Wheeler um how, wh- what do you think not just tonight but just moving for or so far this season like what does he mean for this team
0: well the thing about Xavier Wheeler is that I remember when he first announced he was coming here and oh yeah, the thing that came with his name was he led the SEC and assist, led the SEC and assist. Uh, and everybody, the thing that followed up with that is, oh, it was at Georgia. Oh, it was at Georgia. You know, people wanted to downplay it until they seen him get here and do it, him, do it at another level like Kentucky. And it's safe to say he's shut all those people up. Uh, I mean, as of before the Knights game, he was leading the SEC and assist, you know, he he's done now done it at two different schools. Um, he to me, I think I mean, I might have. I can, I'm fair to say that I might have overlooked him a little bit. Like, I actually thought he's going to be coming off the bench, I didn't expect him to start. And from the minute we played Duke and Ty Ty was just cold at Madison Square Garden, I immediately was like, I was wrong. I mean, I didn't think he was going to be bad. I thought he was going to be a solid contributor on this team, but for him to essentially run the show when our five star freshman couldn't get it going. Is tremendous, you know, to have multiple point guards that can just pick up when one's going off, when when one can't get it going, or you have them both going good at the same time. I, I'm I'm real high on Savier so, so, so Wheeler. Um, he to be doing what he's doing at what five nine on a good day. I think he says he's five ten on, in shoes. is pretty impressive. I mean, the only the only flaw that I you know, this is just me being picky is he gets a bunch of these layups down low. I mean, that's his bell out play. It works when we can't when our plays aren't executing right but he every once in a while he keeps getting down there some six foot ten seven foot guy just swats him I mean and that's just a size difference there's nothing he really can do about that um other than that he's been great I mean he he seems to just have things clicking here in Lexington
1: yeah so to to your last point um to me it looks like on a lot of those like where he does go for the layup there's a guy there to dump it down to um, are you are you seeing that too, like where he could make an extra pass, which doesn't make a lot of sense because he seems like he has obviously a pass-first mindset with his assist totals.
0: Yeah, I mean, tonight we've seen it. There was a, that highlight clip they put out on the Kentucky social media account. He drove through the middle and he spun, and it looked like he threw it kind of behind his back to Davion Vince And He just slammed it um, versus Duke in one of the first – couple of the first two games, there was so many plays where he would drive down the middle of the court – and go through the paint and just kick it out to guys like Kellen Grady, Ty Washington. I mean, there's a, re- I mean, there's a reason why he's leading the team in the, the SEC and assist this guy can distribute. Like that's his, that's probably his best skill. I mean, thank God he can get to the basket and score when we need him to, but he's here to dish out assists to our shooters and to run the offense when, when it called for. And I think he's doing exactly just that.
1: Yeah. I, um, I was one of the people that you previously mentioned that was a little bit skeptical when he came down here. Um, Not so much because, like, yeah, he had had a lot of turnovers. Yeah, he couldn't shoot. What I was concerned with is this is a ball-dominant guy. This is a guy that had, like, 60% of the usage in Georgia's offense. And, yes, I think for the style of play of having Xavier Wheeler and a bunch of shooters around him, that does work out. But is that good enough to be a top 10 team in the country? Is that good enough to be an elite final four offense? Is Savir Wheeler, a a transfer from Georgia who has never played on the level of Kentucky, him going through the ball, running the whole offense, and just kicking out the shooters? um, I was a little bit skeptical of that, but I really like the set. We're not just kicking out the shooters. He's making plays. For ty Tie, he's creating driving lanes for ty tie. he's creating open jump shots for mints he's creating um, lobs for like oscar and Collins. so it's not like him just passing the shooters or him just like quick catch and shoots or quick lobs i think he's creating uh plays and opening up the whole offense like whether he makes a pass and that leads to a bucket or he makes a pass and that leads to another guy making a play and then them making a plat or a pass so a lot of the early skepticism that I had, I think, has been completely been answered, especially since I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think Tai Tai Washington is definitely better in the shooting guard role than the point guard role.
0: Yeah, well, to your question about if <clears throat> what, what Sav- Salveira Wheeler brings to this team could be make us a top 10 team overall, I'm going to lean no because Salveira is not a, a cutthroat scorer, in my opinion. I mean, he can get baskets when we need. He's got a nice jump shot, but... I don't see him going out and having these breakout 30-point games. Um, one, because we have too many options, but two, I think that is Ty Ty's role and Davion's role. I think we can, I think to have a top 10 team to run, make a run in the lead eight, final four, you have to have Saveri Wheeler as a piece. His He's definitely needed to be in that group. I don't think he is the main guy and I don't think he brings, you know, when he commits and decides he's transferring to school, I don't think you put us in a lock, hey, he is going to take us to the as a top ten team to the Final Four, um, but I definitely think you need a guy like him added to a roster to take yourself to the Final Four. So it's kind of a yes and no question. I want to lean no. He can't do it by himself. I mean, not very many, not very many can. But what he brings to the table definitely benefits the team as a whole and can overall. If he does what he's asked, being assist uh, pass first point guard, I think they can. I mean, they can become a top ten team at some point and make a deep run in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with that too. I think the pieces we have around, I mean, Ty Ty just keeps looking better and better. Um, I mean, he put up 20 points tonight and over 50% shooting. So he had seven misses. He shot eight of 15. He had seven misses. Five of them were from three. So his three point shot is not falling. Cause he didn't even have one, the first two games. I think he went two of three in the third, but then he, he missed his first five tonight. And the only one came in like that last, uh, it was like a double offensive rebound that kick to him wide open. He finally knocked one down. So um, I like that. He's looking better and better. Um, I think he does complement Wheeler. Well, and obviously he's still a freshman, excuse me. He's still a freshman. So I think as, as the season keeps going, I think he's going to look more and more like how Brandon Knight did or how Shea Gildas Alexander did. Um, I think Shea Gill's Alexander is a really good comparison because one, he looks a lot taller than the six, three he's listed at. He looks like a full six, five. And we know Shea was definitely a bigger point guard. And also I think his best move is going to the hoop and finishing around the hoop and having a floater or a pull-up jumper in the paint and not necessarily the three-pointers. And we saw him win a bunch of three-point contests. Would you agree that he's better getting into the paint or do you think it's just some freshman struggles early shooting the ball?
0: But Tata Washington is that who you're talking about yeah. yeah. I mean, the thing about Tata is like you said, he has so much to improve on, and he he's only going to be better. Um, that Duke game, man, that was just a fluke. It was just the bright lights, in my opinion. I mean, and we're seeing it. You know, he had nine points against Duke, he had 10 points against Robert Morris, he had 16 points against Mount St. Mary's, and tonight, I mean, he had a total of 10 points. So each game, besides tonight, he's getting better and better. Tonight was just his second highest. So, I, the thing about the Duke game, that's just long and gone. Write it up and forget about it. Tata is our guy, and he's only getting better as time goes on. He's just getting, I think he just needed a, a couple of games to get used to that college scene. And, you know, his ceiling is through the roof. Uh, he's going to make some big plays and do, and he's going to lead this team to wherever they're going this year. I mean, he's going to be one of the leaders, and I have the utmost confidence in him.
1: Yeah. Alongside
0: um, you know, Brooks, too, the way he went off tonight was impressive.
1: I agree. We'll we'll get to Keon in a second because that's apparently a little controversial. But Ty Ty, I think one of the huge things you talked about the Duke game, he struggled. It wasn't so much the shooting for me. It was the fact that when he started struggling shooting, it seemed like other parts of his game fell off. Like he was forcing too much. So the turnover started coming. He wasn't making the easy pass. Um, it seemed like he was struggling on defense. Keels was really getting whatever he wanted against him. Um, um tonight, he um Before he even started shooting, obviously, Oscar goes out. He puts up 11 rebounds. Um, He had five assists tonight looking at it. He had four turnovers. Um, It seems like he's struggling running in transition. The past couple games, looks like a majority of his turnovers came in transition. But he did get his five assists. He got 11 rebounds. And then he also was able to get to the free throw line, knocking all his free throws. I thought he played really good defense on the perimeter tonight. So that's what you really need from your best player because no matter how good you are, whether you're the best player in college basketball, you're still going to have struggling shooting nights. I mean, Anthony Davis, who is the best college basketball player I've ever seen, he struggled to shoot in the national championship. But the story I told last podcast was he struggled to shoot, recognized that, and then led the team in rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals, and completely dominated the game. So Ty Ty's shot was on the night, but even if it wasn't, I still like that he made up for it with his rebounds. He got assists. He played great defense. He He's able to contribute in more facets of the game than just scoring, which you really need from your best player.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that story is a, a dime a dozen. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, Cal uses that story all the time. And if you're one of those players, I mean, that's why Anthony Davis has had the success that he has had. When you're one of those players in the, what, I think the 40th game of the season, I'm not for sure how many in the, the national championship yeah, is. 40. But- yeah, so when you get in there at the, the biggest stage and you can't get things going offensively, he found ways to make it happen on the other way. You know, rebounds, blocks, all that. And his defense, his everything outside of scoring. And if you're a player that can do that, you benefit your team so much. And thankfully, we're blessed this year. We, we ain't always been this way. But when if Tata's not able to get it going, we have multiple guards that I honestly think can run our offense. I mean, Saveri Wheeler, um, Davion Mintz, um cj frederick frederick when he's healthy i don't i'm not gonna say he's gonna run point but he could he could transition us down to a play if he needed to be um grady could do it if he had to i know there are more scores than anything but you know it ain't just the Devin ask you embarrassing uh force him to do everything and he can't get it done We have multiple options at just point guard ty ty savir davion i mean so if thank thankfully we're in a position this year, if Tata can't get it going on those nights that he may not be able to, we have other options. And that's what I like about this team so much. We're, we're so deep.
1: Yeah. Um, one of those options that you listed, um, Kellen Grady, um, first of all, he had zero points tonight. But the big thing is he only took two shots. Um, a lot of people were complaining the first three games, um, especially after the Mount St. Mary's game. Like, why is this guy not getting shots? Um, He only took five shots. He made three of them, and two of them were threes against Mount St. Mary's, so he got eight points on five shots. The efficiency was there, but he was not getting as many looks and as many different sets that we wanted to see him run through. So actually going into this game, I tweeted out, what's one thing you wanted to see? I think the most frequent answer was, I want to see Kellen Grady get more shots. And we see him tonight, he uh, only played 20 minutes. He only took two shots and he didn't make either of them. So do you think that's like an aggressive thing on his part? Do you think that's him not figuring out the offense? Do you think we're not setting him up to get shots? What do you think that is so far?
0: Well, in tonight in specific, um, Grady didn't play as much as he should have. And Cal addressed that in in the post game presser that well, he said Davion Mentz was just playing out of in his exact words, playing out of his mind. So we had a great night from Davion Mints, probably one of, I guess I'd say, his best this season. There are four games. Uh, I think that part is part of the reason why. Um, it's it's no it's no lie that Callum Grady can get hot, and he's a scorer at will. And I think they they're they're all aware of that. The team and John Calipari is. But I think honestly tonight, he just didn't get very many reps because Davion Mets was having things clicking. And I think when a guy's hot, you know, decently hot like that, you just don't get in the way and mess it up. So I, I want to say that's the reason why tonight he didn't have any points at all. Um, other than that, I think when the nights of Davion aren't going, getting things going or when Kelly Grady started tonight. So if he can come in and get hot immediately, I think it'd be a different story. I think Grady will have, you know, 35 minutes a game and, 10 plus points because I mean he can just he can get in a clip just like that and I just honestly credit to Davion Metz's good night tonight
1: so you you think it's more of just kind of the game around him and not necessarily him just not taking the shots that are there for him because I saw I think especially against the Mount St. Mary's game there are a few looks for him like I just wanted him to shoot and it looks like he tried to make a play which is kind of weird for him so um obviously at Davidson for 4 years he was the best scorer on the team he's a 2000 point scorer um here at Kentucky he he might still be our best scorer he might be our second or third best scorer too at the best he's he's not like a a pure number 1 he might be like a 1a 1b with tie tie like when he's really on you know he's not going to be a guy that just um is going to consistently be leading our team in points. So do you think he's struggling to adjust to that secondary scorer role where he's like trying not to be too aggressive and let like Ty Ty and Wheeler and Mince get theirs from the backcourt? Or do, well, you, do you really just think it just hasn't been his chance to shine yet?
0: From what I've seen of him, and to be honest with you, I didn't watch a game of him at Davidson. I read up on his stats. But from what I've seen of him out here at Kentucky, I've said this for a little while now. I think, I think Kellen Grady is a guy that can come in one night and pop off for 30 and then have nights like tonight have zero points or have nights where he just has four or five points. I think he, I think he's a streaky guy. I mean, he had a lot of points over four years at Davidson, but I think the way he fits in at this offense, he's not the sole guy or the top two guy. He's a piece to with a, he's a piece of the puzzle with a bunch of different good guys that can go off each night. So I would say I don't think he's struggling to play here or anything of that sort. I think he just, he's, I really think with this team, the way the roster is made up, he's going to have nights where he goes off and just is out of his mind. And then tonight's where he has zero points. So, I mean, looking back at the last three games before tonight, he shot from the three point line, he shot 42% from the first game versus Duke then 66% and then 66% the third game. And all three of those games, he's had three to seven, three pointers a game. I mean, at the field goal range, he's been shooting. In the last two games, he shot over 60% on over five shots each night. I think he's just, he he's a scorer without a doubt. I mean, he's just going to have his games when they're, he's not really needed. I mean, if Davion Mintz is going off like tonight, he just wasn't honestly really needed. We weren't down. We didn't. We weren't desperate for threes. And tonight, he just wasn't able to contribute a whole lot. But they're going to have plenty of games going forward where we're having comeback games. We need three-pointers, and I think, that's Cal and Grady's moment. That's his time to shine that he's gonna drop 25 for us without a doubt. So yeah, I think he's just, he's gonna have his games and he's gonna have his games that he's not even really making a difference at all.
1: Yeah, so like like you said, um, it was okay. They didn't have a huge game today because Mince, as you quoted Cal said, it was playing out of his mind, I believe is what he said. So um, obviously Cal just doesn't say that when you score a lot, there are a lot of other things go into it. What were some other things you saw for Mintz tonight?
0: Uh, for Davion Mintz, uh, I think he, you know, if I was him, it's just me speaking on myself. If I was a leading scorer and I came back and I was essentially asked to come off the bench, you know, some players would take offense to that. I think he's done a great job of not. I think he he realizes, hey, I'm here to help this team win. It's going to benefit me in the long run. I think Cal preaches that to a lot of his players. So thankfully he's accepted that role and he's doing great at it. He's not one of those guys that came back and it on the bench, you know, hey, I was a leading scorer last year and these guys are coming in, taking over my spot when I did nothing but good. So I'm I'm glad that he has accepted that role and his defense, I mean, certain place and I it, it honestly remind me of Saverer Wheeler. I mean, he was sitting at full, he was full court pressing by himself sometimes, just locking guys up. I mean, his defense is something that is not talked about as much as it should be. And he gets on these spurts where he's just locked in. If, I mean, one thing I definitely noticed is when he shoots free throws, he just hits there, hits it, puts his hand back, gets clapped by somebody, and doesn't look around him. He he seems to be locked in. He knows what he is here for. And I think he's just he's locked in and getting it done at all moments of the game. I mean, tonight was a great night of it. And he got to off coming off the bench, he got to showcase what he can do, you know, same as he did last year. And I think he's he's that solid top seven or eight player on our team that can do any night can be a top five player on our team.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Um, I think we we saw, we saw him, obviously he was probably our best player on the team last year in terms of like actual production. I think Jackson's obviously the better NBA prospect, um, Boston as well. But in terms of on-court production, he was one of our best players. And, um, I remember, I think it was after like the first public scrimmage that the media was allowed into. I asked like, hey, what what'd you see from that? I just texted you. The very first thing you texted me was, Mince looks elite. And, like, I, I kept an eye open for it. And then I was looking at, like, the blue-white game. Uh, and then coming of the first few exhibitions, he does seem like he has, like, a little bit of extra bounce to his step. Like, he's a little more explosive. He looks – like, he didn't look like a transfer from Creighton. He looked like a guy that's supposed to be playing at Kentucky and playing at top SEC level like he did – He looks a lot more physical he looks a lot more calm to his game he looks a lot more in control confident um all of that so um obviously like you said there's going to be nights where he's probably not needed as much and grady's going to be the one going off um and then there's going to be nights like this where it's his defense it's his rebounding it's his toughness his man-to-man full court defense and then as well as his spurt shooting so I think he offers um, obviously a lot to the team, whether it is in like you said, like that eighth man role, seventh or eighth man role, or whether it's a top five role where he he's playing down the stretch like he did tonight, like where Kyle just needed him on the floor. So um one other guy you previously mentioned that I said we would come back to is Keon Brooks. So Keon had a very interesting game tonight. One, I don't even say how I felt. But I'll just say there's a lot of controversy on Twitter in my mentions saying how people thought Keon played tonight. And i want to say I disagreed with most of them. So we'll go to you. How did you think Keon played as a whole tonight?
0: Well, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Um, I've this season I've not been really high on Keon Brooks. I'm just be honest with you, I haven't. I've not expected a lot out of him mainly because I think when he was coming here, he was expected to be a one-and-done. Now he's – and he had a struggle in last year. I mean, he didn't come halfway until the season because of injury. But, you know, I didn't really have a lot of hopes for Keon Brooks. I'm just not very confident in him. I hope the best for him. But tonight, he actually – he impressed me tonight. I mean, tonight he proved to be what – I think what he came here to be. I mean, he had – tonight he went off for 22 points, and I think his career high is 23. Um, He – He shot 50% from the field and 100% from the three. I mean, offensively, he was getting it going tonight. So talking in just tonight's game, I was impressed. I mean, he looked solid. I mean, he looked like a top five starter on our team. And before tonight, I wasn't very high on him. So Keon's a little tricky. Um, I think I don't expect him to have nights like he had tonight often. Um, I hope he does, but I don't expect it a whole lot out of him. But when you can get random bursts like that, um, and more too, you know, I think tonight was great for Keon, but before tonight, I wasn't very high on him.
1: Yeah, um, I, I've been huge on Keon um all year, really. Um the first game he kind of got knocked because he wasn't playing good defense on Palo. And everyone's saying, Oh, Toppin played, he locked down Paulo And because his shooting splits were better against Keon than they were against Toppin. And then I rewatched the film and Toppin was leaving Paolo wide open and Paolo was just missing his shots and Keon was right in Paolo's face and Paolo was making them. So I didn't really see a difference in one's guy's defense is better than the other. I just saw a difference in Paolo just missed his shots here instead of making them there. And then you go forward and people are upset that he's not scoring a bunch of points, but I was super happy. Like he, he rebounded the hell out of the ball against Mount St. Mary's. I mean, he had some huge rebounds that didn't look like they were his, but he fought for him and he got him with two hands and his positioning. Um, and tonight, yeah, he had a couple huge dumb turnovers. But first of all, he was playing the center and he came in here to be a small forward, converted to a power forward. And now he's playing center because we have Oscar out. Um, and then we don't get a lot of scoring from our paint because Oscar didn't get any points. And, um, Collins obviously wasn't there. Hopkins isn't ready to carry our offense yet and Grady wasn't really getting going. So we asked him to carry our offense. And he goes, like you said, nine of 18, he knocked down all four of his free throws. He still rebounded the ball. Yes. He committed a few turnovers. He shouldn't have, but I thought he played an excellent game. And I think it shows that he's kind of almost like a Swiss army knife, not necessary in like, The position that he's going to play, you could put him in a bunch of different places, but you could ask him to do different things. Like if Oscar's out, you need him to rebound, or even if Oscar's in, he'll still be a huge rebounder that could go and grab 10 rebounds for your team. Um, He could be a guy that you could put up against a really tough matchup at the four. I thought people were saying that Vander Plaza was cooking him today. I completely disagree with that. First of all, he locked him down in the second half. And the first half, so many shots that Vander Plaz made were just ridiculous shots. Like, there were 30-foot threes, and there were fadeaway twos, like, over the shoulder, like Kobe would hit. So, I'm like, I'm not mad at that. But he could rebound. He could run, like, a point forward at times. He could defend. He could score 22 points when you need him to be a leading scorer because no one on your team is really else getting going on offense. So I've been super happy with these playing and it's not like just like trolls were coming into like my mention saying like, Oh, Keon sucks. Like don't play him. But like there were like a genuine amount of really big voices just saying that Keon needs to play less. And I, I just don't know if I agree with that. I, I think he is, whether it shows up in a bunch of stats or all the stat core categories or one stat category per game, I think he is one of the most key players to this team and i think i know he's a junior and i know we don't usually see a lot of seasonal progression for some of our upperclassmen that's more of a freshman thing i think he's going to be a guy as this offense continues to form he is just going to thrive more and more and more into it
0: yeah man and any any of those people saying the you know being haters and the trolls about those two games in specific tonight and against duke I mean, that's not fair to Keon himself. That was against Palo. He's going to be a top three pick. I mean, who? I mean, not very many people cannot get out there and, you know, have an amazing defense, defensive Absolutely. game. Palo. And tonight, it, like we, we've beat this like a dead horse, you know, a, a non-conference, not a nobody, but most of the time, a nobody school comes in on these games that we're going to win, and they just get hot. I mean, they have career games. Like, some of those players that come in here, especially that guy you were talking about, I can't even mention his name. I'm going to get it butchered. But they come in here and they come in rep Arena and they go for 40. They go for 10 threes. I mean, they, ha- they will never have a game that good the rest of their college career. And if there's something to it, that's a whole nother conversation. But the ones that are complaining on Keon to- of tonight's game and then our first game, I just don't think that's fair to Keon. Um, and another thing is that he brings to this team, going back to you said, he's going to bring a lot to this team and the success as we go on is that He's a veteran. He's this is his third season in the Kentucky system. He has that confidence. He knows what to do. It ain't he won't have those first freshman scaries and being nervous. He knows what Kyle wants out of players. He can push that through other guys if he's not getting it going, or he can mentor Ty Ty when he gets cold. He knows exactly what Kyle wants. He knows the atmosphere. He knows the, how the system goes. And he, I think that's another thing that goes off the stat chart that he can bring to this team. I mean, he can push this team to another level of just knowing what to expect he's been around the block a couple times here it ain't his first go around some of those other guys these other guys it is so I definitely think he he's very beneficial to this team as a captain a co-captain with Davion Mintz and I, I'm I'd rather have him on our team than not I mean especially like tonight tonight's like tonight he can get hot and I think he's he is a big part of this team going forward yes
1: and like just to piggyback like there were people saying that he didn't play good. I mean, how good is this guy going to be that he puts up 22 points and eight rebounds on 50% shooting from the field and 100% shooting from the free throw line. And that isn't good. Like, I I agree, he could have played better. So there are improvements to his game that I expect him to fix that is going to take him beyond like what he was tonight, like a 22 and eight guy on 50% shooting like that. That is huge. I also think um, in terms of just not only is he a veteran he's like a, a hungry veteran because he he's got to be the only person ever to play at Kentucky through their junior year and not be in an NCAA tournament yet like the first year it got canceled because of COVID and last year he didn't play because we just sucked so I mean this guy has never played in those big March moments so you know he's got to be hungry for it you know he wants to prove himself he was a I think a five-star and one or two sites and a high four-star. So obviously the expectations are there. I think he has a lot to improve. I think his game is really going to take off as the, uh, the year gets going. So um, that is, that's all I had to uh, talk about from these past two games from Kentucky. Um, any other big stats that we left out that you want to bring up?
0: Yeah, I just got a couple, but want to go back with off of what you just said. I did not realize that. I mean, yeah, he has not been in an NCAA tournament. Right. Since, and that's weird to think about. Kentucky's in it almost every year. But that's a, that's a good little nugget that I did not realize. So I think he can use that to his benefit. I mean, that can make him hungry. Like, hey, I want to get to this NCAA tournament in March Madness before I leave. Let's do what it takes, you know. He has that hunger to chase for it, just like these guys that are freshmen. So that's a good point. Uh, a couple of the other things I wanted to point out is that it's kind of it kind of it was real quiet on the stat sheet but we went 16 for 17 at the free throw line as a team. If we can keep that going forward when we have those clunkers and those games that are come down to the last 30 seconds of the game, if we're a good sh- a good free throw shooting team, that's you know that's exactly what we have to be. Free throws and defense win ga- win games, especially in those moments. You can't rely on a buzzer beater fall down three pointer to win the game. You have to be with the fundamentals and hit the free shots. I mean, you're wide open no one's guarding you. those have to be makes no matter what so to go 16 for 17 on those is big time and I hope we keep going that way forward um, and then my other point was that looking at the stat chart is that tonight we had six different guys play 20 plus minutes so it just goes to show how deep this team is how Cal can plug and pick different guys to come in and out we have so many options on our team and we also had 24 points off the bench so with all these guys coming off the bench playing solid minutes over half the game, you know, it ain't three guys having 35 minutes a game and 24 points off the bench we outscored Ohio off the bench. Um that's it, that's that's great. I mean, it goes deeper than just the starting five. So a lot of schools when the starting five's gone and people aren't playing right, that's about as far as they are going to go and they can get beat that way. For us to solid literally have 9 to 10 guys that can make a game-changing place and come in and make a difference and have hot nights is a a strength that we need to capitalize going forward. I mean, most teams don't have that, and this team team has it. I mean, they got all the goods.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. So two things I recognize when you brought up the stat sheet. One, the free throws. Um, I wrote in the Ohio Scouting Report that I believe they are a top... Oh, I forget what it was. I think they're in the top 15 or so in terms of free throw percentage through the first few games of the year. Um, We gave up 23 free throws, I believe, the Mount St. Mary's. I said, if that happens against Ohio, that's just not going to happen. Even with all the BS calls that I feel like we got tonight, we only allowed Ohio to shoot 10 free throws. When we, we got to the line, you said it was 17 times or 16 to 17. So, I mean, not only are we making such an amazing clip, we're getting to the line more than our opponents. And I feel like we were getting worse calls. So I thought that was huge the second key point um we got 77 points tonight um we shot three of 16 from the three-point line ty ty i previously said was one of six um minced, he played a great game he didn't knock down either of his threes we had one of both of our threes off the bench came from one from hopkins and one from dante allen honestly and those are guys Dante, I don't expect to play a whole lot, and Bryce, I don't expect to be shooting a bunch of threes, so it's kind of weird that we got them from them out of all people, but I like to see that we were still able to score 77 points and pull away from Ohio, even when what I think has been one of our most efficient, most reliable shots this year was not falling at all. And one more that uh, I just thought of, Ohio, up to today, they're averaging 81 points a game. We stopped them with 59 today. Defense was a huge thing that I wanted to see improve. And I thought we by far played our best defensive game of the season today.
0: Yeah, when you have games where you can't get it going from behind the three, you've got to find other ways to score. And like you said, we only had three threes out of our 77 points. So if you're only scoring nine points out of your 77 from the three, and you you still get almost 80 points. I mean, we're getting it going from all over. And that, you know, four different Wildcats tonight scored in double figures, two of them had over 20. And I'm sure the majority of that's layups and jump shots all inside the three pointer. And that just shows we got a team full of shooters. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be the deep three balls, but if we're hitting them and the pull up jump jumpers and making, getting offensive rebounds and making these layups and we're scoring from essentially all over, excluding the three pointer, um that's golden I mean if you can get almost 80 points off of just three three pointers I mean you're gonna have nights where you're cold at shooting at three and tonight might have been one of them it seems like it was it just shows we have other areas to score when when at will and that's a huge benefit to us
1: absolutely that is uh, all I wanted to cover from this past week in Kentucky basketball obviously a little bit more focused on Ohio but I thought that was by far most impressive win of the year even the one where we blew out uh Robert Morris so I was super happy with our win. We're going to get out of here. Where can we find your work?
0: Yeah, if you all want to just check out catscoverage.com, I mean, we got some phenomenal guys over there, the people that write for the site. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're constantly covering Kentucky basketball, Kentucky football, get into other aspects of it. But, yeah, catscoverage.com. And uh, on Twitter, it's at Terrell Trace, T-E-R-R-E-L-L-T-R-E-S. And just check me out on one of those two sites.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you're having trouble finding his work, um, just simply find my work because we're in the same place. I'm also at catscoverage.com. Um, go to my Twitter. I am tweeting out my articles. I'm tweeting out our other our, other uh, writers' articles all the time. Uh, like you said, we do Kentucky football. We do Kentucky basketball. Sometimes we throw in other sports. We do gambling stuff where we talk about point spreads and uh, big bets and within the college basketball or college football world. Um, we talk about things out in Eastern Kentucky. So, if you live out in Eastern Kentucky, if you're in that little pocket of the state, we have a whole section of our website dedicated just for you, or if you're just interested in that. Um, so, yeah, we we got, a, I'm super happy with how the site's going. We're growing really well, and I think we have a lot of great content to offer y'all. So, if you like the podcast, you like what I had to say, you like what Trace has to say, go and check out catscoverage.com so um that is all we got for today uh trace i appreciate you coming out i appreciate everyone who is listening and as always go cats just need to clear my mind